This episode of Generation Red is brought to you by GFC Express, LLC. They are your local leader in Lincoln for RV transportation. As an independent contractor for a transport company in Indiana, GFC Express specializes in towing recreational vehicles from manufacturers in the Goshen area to dealerships all across the country. GFC Express, where their favorite things in life are God, family, and Cornhusker football. <laughs> Welcome to episode 60, or not 60, 58 of Generation Red, the kept corn of Husker fan podcast where we try to be sweet, but at times we get salty. I am your host, Ken. And I am your host, Scott. <laughs> and we are previewing next Saturday's contest against Memo- uh, Minnesota in Memorial Stadium where kickoff is set to be at 11 a.m. and will be televised on ESPN2. This might be the first home game I'm actually going to watch at home. Thank God. I've had enough of watching them in the stadium this year. Uh, and yeah, ESPN too. But the way we're playing, I think I'd rather see us be on ESPN, the Ocho. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yep. um, so let's just take a look real quick at uh, what Minnesota and Nebraska, how they compare in the statistical categories that to me matter most, which is scoring offense, rushing, passing, and total offense. Um, and then the same categories for defense. So scoring offense points per game, Nebraska is at 27.1. Minnesota's at 31.9. Oh, goody. Um, so they're sixth in the Big Ten with that with that uh points per game, and they're 50th in the country, whereas Nebraska's eighth in the Big Ten and 77th in the country in scoring offense. So happy day. Rushing 143 yards per game for Nebraska. I'm surprised we're still up over 140 yards. Uh, ninth in the Big Ten, 72nd in the country, whereas Minnesota averages 223 yards per game, which is second in the Big Ten and 12th in the country. Passing, this is like the only stat that we beat them in. Uh, 259 yards per game, 6th in the Big Ten, 50th in the country, 198 yards per game for Minnesota, which is 12th in the Big Ten and 105th in the country. Hey, maybe we have a shot at shutting down their passing game. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) <laughs> total offense they average 421 yards per game which is sixth in the big 10 and 49th in the country whereas we're eighth in the big 10 at 402 yards a game and 66th in the country right out of the gate looking at the offense scott and the comparisons there what do you think the biggest difference between minnesota who by the way is also on a first-year offensive coordinator even though he was the offensive coordinator way back in the day when T- tanner morgan first got the starting job which was what 1984. Um, what do you think looking at those offensive numbers? Well, first is obviously Tanner Morgan. Um, is he like a Heisman quarterback? No, but he is consistently good. Um, maybe a little bit overrated at times, but you know what you're going to get out of the guy. And so that's why, you know, their passing yards per game isn't necessarily great, but he gets the job done when it needs to get done. Um, and they don't, he doesn't really need to pass all that much because number two is that they've always got a good rushing game. And that leads to number three. And that's because they have a good offensive line year in, year out. And yeah, you know, they're 50th in the country for total offense or 49th or whatever. 
And that's because they just put out a consistent product with their offensive schemes and they dare you to stop them. And more often than not, you really can't. Um, so yeah, I mean that those stat line makes perfect sense. Um, looking at our stat line, it's pretty blatantly obvious that we are average. Um, just all around average 70th, 77th ranked, 72nd ranked, 50th ranked, 66th ranked in the country average. That's, that's pretty much perfect description of our offense. We don't have a competent quarterback play year, uh, week in, week out. We don't have an offensive line and we don't have, you know, a, a running game that's consistent enough to be, you know, uh, a, a an identity. And so it makes sense uh, that we look average. It's honestly surprising. I feel like, I feel like we should be worse in the stat lines, but we're not. So yeah, that's just my overall impression of that. <laughs> yeah. It feels like they should be worse, right? We, we should be worse than average. No doubt about it. But you know, when you look at it from a complete, Completely objective point of view. The first three games of the year, granted, after the third game, our head coach was gone. But for two of those three games, he was pretty instrumental in a lot of the play calling. And we had actually pretty good offensive numbers. Memory serves, we were averaging about 50 yards more per game in offensive output when Frost was still here and helping Whipple yep. coordinate the offense. Uh, and since it's like our running game has suddenly freaking flatlined, we can't get a pulse in the running game except at the end of that Indiana game. Once we were up by seven points, suddenly, you know, we figured out how to run the football. Uh, whereas Minnesota's done it consistently all year round. And, you know, we've got this average offense. They've got this basically an average offense, too, except for rushing, which is where I'm scared come Saturday because when you compare our defenses that's where things get diametrically opposed Nebraska gives up 30 points a game Minnesota gives up 14 they're third in the conference fourth in the country which is almost as good as Illinois as far as points per game output on defense um, <clears throat> whereas Nebraska is 13th in the Big Ten which is our best ranking on defense out of these four categories is 13th yay uh, and a hundred from the country, we give up 190 yards per game still at this point, uh, 14th in the big 10, 115th in the country, whereas they are fifth in the country against the rush, uh, or fifth in the big 10, excuse me, against the rush at 106 yards per game and 16th in the country. You know what? For all this crap you hear about the sec being the biggest badasses on the planet when it comes to college football, there's a lot of damn teams, at least two of them in the Big Ten West, if not three, including Iowa, that are pretty freaking stout on defense on a national level, which to me is pretty cool. Or the Big Ten West just has absolute dog <laughs> offenses. I think it's a little of column A, <laughs> a little bit of column B. Uh, but passing, Nebraska is a little bit uh, better or a little worse by 100 yards, uh, 268 yards a game they give up, which is 14th in the Big Ten, 110th in the country, whereas Minnesota, 168 passing yards, which is second in the Big Ten, sixth in the country. 
happy day. The thing that Whipple knows how to do really, really well, Minnesota knows how to defend really, really well. Uh, total defense, 458 a game for Nebraska, which is 120th in the country, damn near the bottom, and 14th in the Big Ten, which is the bottom. Meanwhile, uh, you know, quite frankly, Minnesota, when you average everything out, they're kind of middle of the road, fifth in the Big Ten overall uh, in defense, but in the country, they're seventh. So kind of middle of the road in the Big Ten, which tells me there's a lot of really good defense being played in the Big Ten as a whole, and still they're seventh in the country. So that's pretty awesome. Do you hold out a whole lot of hope that this offense is going to move the ball if Casey Thompson's not healthy? No, I have zero hope, none whatsoever. I don't if if there's any indication of of how we were playing against uh Illinois which Minnesota's defense is maybe one fraction of a point behind um Illinois statistically mm-hmm. uh we're basically playing the same defense again yep. um cuz Minnesota has played better offenses than uh Illinois has thus far so I'd say they're probably dead even so if there's any indication of how well we played against illinois we're not going to do anything um i'll be surprised if we get 10 points and i'm actually banking on that i think maybe we score 10 points on this defense if we're lucky well there you go i i think you said it way better than i could have said it um so let's move on this is not going to be a long one, folks, because you know we don't. Want what is to there to prolong, say? <laughs> we don't want to prolong the misery that we we think we're going to feel on Saturday. Um, I love Mickey, God Almighty. I really hope Mickey figures out how to make it work in such a way that that he earns Trev's trust, so that he can be the next head coach here at Nebraska. I, and that's there's nothing I want more. I mean, there's no doubt that this team has played better under his watch, but he's truly handcuffed by the guys that are still calling the plays, especially on offense and an offensive line that can't figure out how to get a push. So moving on to the keys to victory. (laughs) I make myself laugh when I say keys to victory, but still there are some, if you got to do them, if you, if you do these things that we both have written down, which, uh, I think are important if you stop Mo Ibrahim, which is your number one uh, key to victory as well. Stop that dude. What he's averaging hundred and damn near 150 yards a game, uh, much like Chase Brown was. Uh, so they're basically one of the same dude. I just think Mo's a little bit bigger, a little bit more durable. So you know, Chase never really never really broke the big one on Saturday. Thank God, because I was waiting for it. Uh, but Mo could. Because he's going to break a lot of arm tackles. That's just the way that guy runs. So stop Mo is my number one. That's your number one. My number two is hope that they implode on defense. <laughs> that was the only thing I was hoping for on Saturday. Oh, God, Vokalek ran a 56-yard touchdown. They just imploded, and they didn't implode for the rest of the game. I'm just hoping that Minnesota implodes for like six plays. Just give us six plays, Minnesota. Please just screw up on six plays, and hopefully our offense can take advantage of it. But that was my number two. Yours is better offensive schemes. Uh, what are you thinking on that on that uh, frame of reference? 
Yeah, so a lot of these things are... What can I say? You know, like, the number one thing is you've got to change some offensive schemes, but that's not going to happen. But that's a serious key to victory. I think there needs to be some change, some identity change on our offense. We need to look at the skill sets that we have on our offense right now. Like Logan Smothers, he's got legs. Um, we've got an offensive line that's incompetent. So how can you get Logan Smothers to the uh, to the outside? How can you um, how can you get the ball to Trey Palmer where he can be utilized the best way humanly possible? Well, I had said in our previous episode, uh, 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 recapping the Illinois game is, well, you don't put him on the outside on the right side of the quarterback. You don't do that. You put him on the inside, right? put him in the slot. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, there were times that he was in the slot for sure, but we've got to get the ball to Trey Palmer. We've got to get the ball to any of our receivers, any of our tight ends. We've got to have an accurate quarterback. and that comes with schemes you've got to scheme up something that at least somewhat makes the offensive line a non-factor um but obviously yeah that i'm just going to be beating a dead horse by saying that but that's really the only way we're going to win any of the games for the rest of the year so don't be surprised if I put that in my keys to victory for every game for the rest of this season is better offensive schemes. We've got to scheme up something different. I, I doubt it's going to happen, but I'm just going to keep screaming it from the mountaintops. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's my number two. And then my number three is, is just clock management, but that goes, that goes part and parcel with the better offensive schemes, because how do you better manage your clock? You run the damn ball. On first down, you run the ball and you give the ball to Anthony Grant 25 times a game and yep. you chew up the damn clock. Um, don't give don't give Minnesota free time of possession because you go three and out or you you only have a, a drive that lasts five plays and you've only chewed off 38 seconds off the clock. Yeah. Like, yeah, you've got to do that. So, yep. Number one, stop Mo. However, we need to do it. I don't know how it. I mean, if we keep him under 100, you know, like 150 yards, like we did with Chase Brown, do I want him to get 150 yards? No, no. but you, you're going to, you're going, you're going to. to, you just don't want to give him 250. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so, so, um, yep. And, yep. and your clock management, better, better offensive schemes are going to help your clock management. And for me, uh, the third one is don't turn the ball over. Because you know one. we turned it over four times on Saturday against Illinois. You can't do that against this Minnesota offense. You can't damn sure give this Minnesota defense any easy turnovers. You've got to take care of the football. And a lot of this, you know, we're looking at these keys to victory from a standpoint of Casey's playing. If Casey's not playing, we can look at these keys to victory all we want, and they're probably going to change oh yeah that 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 reminds me all over if casey's not playing well we turn the ball over when casey is playing but um you know if if chubba has to start yeah you damn well better be running anthony grant 25 times a game and he better hold on to the freaking football instead of fumbling it in mid air after he tries to jump over some dude and they grab him and knock the ball out of his hands so um 
Yep, those are mine. Stop Mo. Hope okay. they implode on defense for at least six to ten plays a game in the game and don't turn the ball over. So go ahead. What is your score prediction for Saturday? I was, Which I was is gonna say way... it's a huge, it's a huge <laughs> asterisk of what yeah. our keys to victory <laughs> actually imply if yeah. and if I'm being completely honest, I wouldn't be surprised if Casey is out. The Me the too. way he was holding his arm, I mean, they had his arm wrapped up in some sleeve of some sort, and he was just holding it out like it was a dead arm. Maybe he mm-hmm. just tweaked something. Maybe that's just the case, but I'm not holding my breath. I don't think he plays on Saturday. Um, so, God, God help us. Mm-hmm. Chubba, yeah. you, better, you better get some damn good reps in this week. Um, and figure out how to hit the broad side of a barn with a beach ball because good God, man, like <laughs> hit your damn receiver. Um, yeah. 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 So I think that that is a, a, an honorary key to victory is if we don't it's have Casey playing. Thompson, I mean, yep. he's not this whole season. Like I've said, Casey Thompson's an average quarterback. He's not, he's not great. He's not horrible. Um, his interception he to touchdown ratio ball when he's got a wide open dude. Yeah. That's but about it. He's but very, he, he INTs just like he Adrian remind, I was going to say, he reminds me of Adrian Martinez, but he can't run. So it's, it's a kind of a step down his yep. touchdown to, to interception ratio is basically the same. Well, um, Adrian from the still air. hasn't thrown a pick this year. I know. I know. And I was about to say that I was like, and, and it's not that Adrian was a bad quarterback. It's just, he wasn't given, he wasn't given a good offensive line and he, you know, it's, God, it's so hard to, hard to say this, but Mark Whipple is obviously not as good of a, a creative play caller as Scott Frost was like, that's, <laughs> that's really hard to say. Um, at least based on the, based on the evidence that we've seen thus far, banging my head against the wall yeah, um yeah yeah scott frost seemed to adapt over the years obviously no he went away from his bubble screens and his you know weird wheel route type of offense um but geez louise the way that they had used um adrian martinez up until he got injured at k-state was phenomenal um but yeah that's right. That's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, Chuba better have a lights out game, but I don't. I don't see it happening. I don't. I guess my keys to victory were based on Chuba being no oh, Chuba being the guy? starter. Okay, yeah, mine yeah. were based on Casey being the starter. So, um, and I, I guess we need similar. the to implode on a few plays because Casey hasn't been all that great against good defense. Uh, so <clears throat> we just had some great players that could play and, and make some great plays when, when we're necessary, but we haven't faced defenses like yesterday or this Saturday yet at all, really, other than sort of Oklahoma on that day, but they haven't been great since. Um, so anyway, your score prediction, because you think Chubb is going to play I'm I'm pretty sure that's why you reflect this score, which is one point more than what we just scored with Casey playing for a half. So 
Yep, I've got I've got Minnesota having a really, really good game. I think that they got a lot of confidence just shutting out Rutgers um, 31 to nothing. And mind you, we played Rutgers and we beat them 14 to 13. Um, Now, granted, you know, I don't like making those. I can't remember what terminology is used for those entrant. What is it called? Transient comparisons, something like that. Um, I think Minnesota plays a phenomenal game, uh, and we get blown out, you know, um, give me just a second here. I am stupid. What are you looking for? Give me a second. My computer is being dumb. Yeah. Okay. So they are, I, I wasn't, I couldn't remember if they were playing in Memorial stadium and they are. Um, just completely brain farted on that. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to have an embarrassing game. 38 to 10 Minnesota and the Husker fan base continues to implode on itself. Um, Mm -hmm. cause yeah, if Chubba's, if Chubba's starting, I don't see, there's no indication that he's going to be a good, a good quarterback. Um, yeah, it's just. Blah. Well, it's gonna be you know painful. What? Um I hate to try to be the optimistic one because I can't. I really can't. Uh I've always been uh the optimistic one on this on this podcast, but I just I'm like you. I don't see a way that we win this Saturday with all the stats favoring Minnesota, with all the stats that favored Illinois going into yesterday, and they pretty much bore themselves out except for the fact that we held them to less yards than they're used to used to getting. But guess what? They did the same to us because we could not get the hell out of our own way. And I just don't see that script changing this week. Not with the same coaches coming up with the same flipping game plan. Cause here's the game plan. The game plan is all right. They kick it to us. We're going to get the ball in the 25. We get the ball in the 25. We're going to run two or three plays. We're going to get out to about the 37 to the 40-yard line. And now I'm going to chuck it deep because I'm Martin Whipple, and that's what I do. And that doesn't work. Guess what? We're going to run on second down. We're going to get four yards on a good day against a bad defense. But against Minnesota, we're going to get one and a half. And that's going to be third and eight and a half. And with Chubba Purdy back there, even with Casey back there, I don't feel all that good about it because a physical defense knows how to tell Trey Palmer, you're not winning the day today, dude. You're not getting three yards behind me. And he doesn't know what to do with that yet. So the Golden Flectones just dropped 31 points on Rutgers and didn't allow them to score a single point. And like you said, 14 to 13 was the best we could do against a really bad Rutgers team. This is our lot for the balance of 2022. You know, Trey gets one catch for one yard against Illinois. I doubt he gets any catches against this Minnesota defense. Cause I think they're going to be willing to take a 15 yard penalty as opposed to letting him get free and get behind him. Um, and I don't think he has it in him to get open against a really physical corner. Uh, but I hope he proves me wrong, and maybe he will. And both of us will be tickled <laughs> list next Sunday when we 
do our Minnesota recap because somehow Nebraska figured something out, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if uh, Mark Whipple knows how to call a game that is complimentary to his defense. The Husker defense did an admirable job stopping Chase Brown, which is enough to give our offense a chance, but the four turnovers killed them time after time uh, in in the Illinois game. And I don't think that's going to change much. I, I think we're going to turn the ball over at least two or three times. Plus, I, I think it's been proven that the vaunted Whipple ball offense does not work in this conference against good defense. And Minnesota is every bit as good as Illinois in some age, in some statistical categories and maybe a little worse than others, but it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Uh, Nebraska does not know how to scheme up an effective run game yet. And Minnesota rolls us. It's not 38 to 10, but I think it's at least 17 points. So that's 31 to 14. The line is set at 11 right now. Illinois just exceeded the line yesterday. I don't, I think Minnesota does exactly the same thing. I think they beat the line. I think you should bet anybody that bets should bet Minnesota to uh, cover. There you go. I agree. You want to throw? Um, no, I just hope, I hope we can. Well, yes, yes, I do have something I want to say. Um, I just really hope that we can start to see identify is a better word that we can start to identify what it is we need to do this off season with staff, with coaches, with schemes, what it is that we need to do to exist in the Big Ten and be somewhat successful. Um, like I said in our previous recording, you know, is it a Brett Bielema where the first thing he does when he shows up to Illinois is I don't care. I don't care if we've got five star wide receivers. I don't care about anything. All I want is good trenches and I want to have a bell cow. And he found that with Chase Brown um, and he's got a good offensive line and a good defensive line. Uh, so even though the rest of this season is most likely going to be painful and we're going to lose potentially the rest of these games and go three and nine again, you know, maybe, maybe it sets the stage for what kind of coach or coaches Trev Alberts is looking for, whether it's Mickey Joseph, whether it's some head coach, head coaching hire that we find somewhere else at some other program. Don't know what it is, but one thing that is for sure is that we're going to need a new, we're going to need a new offensive coordinator that can get an identity in the big 10. We're going to need a new offensive line coach, potentially a new defensive line coach, even though they played a pretty decent game against uh, Illinois it's still up in the air. I want to see some more consistency on our defensive line. And like my dad said in the previous uh, episode, strength and conditioning. Let's get some Big Ten power, Big Ten strength, the ability to move guys around. Um, and so what I'm going to be looking for, what I'm going to be circling my eye on for for the rest of these games, for the rest of the season, is what are the most crucial areas that, we desperately need change in and where can we start to build a foundation for success? I, this season, as far as I'm concerned, it's a throwaway season. We've got an interim head coach. We've got a really tough November slate. So 
let's just ride the pain for a bit and see what Trev can concoct together for us as Husker Nation. Because, I mean, if there's any hope that I have looking at this game is that Trev's going to be watching the game like I am, but he's he's concocting a blueprint of some sort that he's going to want to put together. So um, that was a little bit monologue but I just that's that's what I've got my eyes set on I'm as far as I'm concerned wins losses they don't matter to me now it's out the window I just want to see what is it that we need to do to start to change to change the trajectory of this ship we got to move the ship um, one degree at a time so um that's that's pretty much it. I'm sure I'm sure other Husker fans probably feel the same way. Probably somewhat apathetic. Uh, that'd be a great word to put on this whole experience this year. Is I am now in the I am now in the apathy department. So, um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm still I love I love the Huskers. I'm still a Corn Huskers fan. I'm still gonna watch this with an individual eye where I'm just looking at individual players and praying for success for their own sake. But as far as I'm concerned, uh, if we win a game, cool, but I'm not expecting it. So, yeah, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. Um, as a Husker fan that, uh, discovered the team back in 1983 and lived and died by, almost every play in the nineties and uh, greatness. That was those teams. I always viewed this team through the perspective of the glasses that were the nineties. And I, I just don't see when or where this team is going to get back to that until they get back to having a football coach in here as a head coach who makes a priority out of the line of scrimmage. Yep. We thought we hired that guy back in 2017 or 2018. We we did. We thought we hired that guy because he played here. He saw how good those line of scrimmages were. And one of the first things he told a former offensive lineman once he got hired was, oh, you know, the offensive line doesn't have to be all that good. They just have to be pretty good because my schemes are superior. I don't care about schemes. I could give six from Sunday about the X's and O's that the next coach brings in here as far as an offensive scheme is concerned. I could care less. What I want is five fire-breathing, snorting monsters that want nothing more than to get a couple of 15-yard penalties every game because they knocked somebody on their ass because they were talking That's what I want. That's what I want. Physical domination up front where when you get to that fourth quarter, the other side of the line of scrimmage doesn't want to play anymore. That's the Nebraska blueprint. It's not the option offense. It's not the power eye offense. It's not any of that. It's the line of scrimmage where the other team does not want to play for the last 15 minutes of the game. That is the Nebraska blueprint. If you bring somebody in here who's going to bring coaches in that make that offensive line and that defensive line make the other team want to quit, that works for me. Run a spread. Run an air raid. Run anything you want to run in this in this team. 
I don't care. Just make the other team quit. That's all I want. Alabama did it. That's why Nick Saban is so good. They make other teams quit. No matter what offense he's running, they're quitting in the fourth quarter. Except for Tennessee. You know why? Their lines of scrimmage were better. That's why. Let's get back to that. Let's get back to winning the line of scrimmage. And guess what? The Big Ten has always been from long before Nebraska joined the conference. It was a line of scrimmage league. And it needs to be a line of scrimmage game for Nebraska to win again. That's my take. Uh, I just don't see Nebraska winning, though. I don't because we don't have the line of scrimmage yet. So, (laughs) God almighty. That was a rant. Sorry. (laughs) You're (laughs) good. But it was a good one. You had to get it out. I feel so cleansed now. You had to let it out into the universe. proper. My balance is good. Now I'm going to go eat like some wheatgrass and drink a kale f***ing shake or something. To follow us on social media, go to genredpod.com and click on the links at the top of the page. Make sure you subscribe to this channel for all of our past content and also ring that bell so that you don't miss any future stuff like live streams or future videos. You might see a merch video sometime in the near future. Also, make sure you like this video, too, as it helps this stream get out to more Husker fans. Uh, The audio version of this show is available for download on your favorite podcast app starting at 8 a.m. on Thursday morning. Just search for Generation Red, subscribe to the show, and then please take a few minutes to leave us a rating and a review. It helps folks find our show on a podcast app as well. Anyway, our next Live show is Sunday, November 6, 2022 at 7.30 p.m. Central Daylight Time, unless we decide to change it. Or maybe it's Central Standard Time. Doesn't the clock move back by next week? I don't remember. Anyway, we're going to recap this Minnesota game when we do that show, so don't forget to subscribe to this channel or the audio podcast so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Thanks so much for watching or listening to this show. We really appreciate it. He's Scott. I'm Ken. And together, we are Generation Red. And we're here to remind you week after week that there is absolutely no place like Nebraska. Iowa's corn sucks. And go Big Red. That's right. See you next time, folks.